0: Welcome to the L&D Career club podcast where purpose-driven people come to start and grow the LD career of their dreams. I'm Sarah Canistra, an LD career business and executive coach and I'm here to take you on a weekly journey to create a seamless energizing and engaging LD career blueprint so you can live a life of fulfillment inspiration and freedom. If you're here to find your first LD role, move up the LD ladder or land that high-level LD role you've been dreaming of, Welcome to the club. Welcome back to another episode of the LD Career Club podcast. I'm still getting used to the name change. It's only, I guess it's only been like 13 episodes since the name changed, but in my mind, I'm always like the Overnight Trainer podcast, but now it is the LD Career Club podcast. Um, and in August, we'll be launching the Good Learning podcast. So super excited about that. Um, inside that podcast, and don't worry, this one's not going anywhere, uh, but inside that podcast, we are going to dissect. Um, a particular learning challenge that a LD professional solved uh, so we're talking to learning professionals from across industries across roles looking at you know their particular role in, in solving a particular learning challenge and uh, the interviews have been amazing so far so I cannot wait I'm just kind of baking all those up um, so we can have a nice uh, a, a nice schedule uh, I went out for you all in the next couple months so really excited for that so keep an eye out for that to come come august ish we shall say Uh, some other really fun things that are going on y'all know if you've been listening the last couple episodes i'm talking about l and d career summer camp Uh, it's going to be an experiential virtual I don't even want to call it a conference because I don't really feel it's a conference, but it's going to be a virtual event uh, that's going to mimic camp, meaning that every single session that there is, uh, it's going to be led by someone awesome. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> besides that, uh, it's going to be an experience and activity based. So there's going to be different sessions and different tracks: uh, mindset hacks, LD trends, personal branding, finding the right role, resume interview. What do you do once you've landed your role? Networking. Just so many different topics that we're going to be covering. have um, some of my greatest and most dearest friends coming uh, to join us on some of these topics. And, uh, but every single every single session is going to be an activity based. So my goal for this is not that you walk away with knowledge to be able to do something. My my hope and my goal is that in each session you walk away having something already completed as part of your overall career growth and, and transition. So uh, it's at an insane price I, like I don't know what what like where where I got this, but it called to me. And so right now it's $99. It's a full week. So it's gonna be 20 the 24th to the 28th of July. And we're going to have sessions running all day and um, some into the into the afternoons and evenings as well. But uh, we're going to be focusing on the wellness part of it, the strategy part of it, the mindset piece, the support. You'll, you'll have it all. Uh, there'll be several sessions each and every day for you to pop in, pop out of. Um, every session will be recorded and you'll have access to that for 30 days. So if there's anything you can't make, you'll be able to access it. So uh, it'll be uh, still $99 until the end of this week. Um, Come next week, it will go up to $199. So if you're looking to get into it now at this amazing rate, hit me up. Um, Send me a message on LinkedIn or feel free to email me, hello at theovernighttrainer.com and I will send you the link to it. So it's going to be jam-packed. Um, and again, you're going to walk away having completed something in each one of these sessions. So of course, you'll be able to go and, and continue on and make things better and, and iterate on it. But at the end of every session, you'll have a, a piece of this career transition development uh, done, done, which is awesome. So that's happening. Um, we also have ACE, the the LED interview live, which I'm so excited. The first time I've done this live, uh, we are really going to be looking at, I'm doing it differently than I've ever done before. And the fact that, uh, yes, I'm going to give you the, all the strategy, but our live sessions are really going to be around practicing and getting feedback. So feedback from peers, feedback from myself, feedback from other LD hiring managers um, and recruiters. So it's going to be an opportunity for you in a really intimate setting and in a really safe setting to be able to, A, figure out what it is you actually need to prepare and so we don't over-prepare, but B, give yourself an opportunity to really practice practice uh, and kind of feel feel out the entire process in a really safe space so um, i'm going to give you the step-by-step strategy we're going to talk about some of these things today in the podcast Episode as well, but of course we'll go into them way deeper inside of AC Interview Live. Um, that one right now uh, is on pre-sale for the end until the end of this week also, so until the 30th of June if you're listening to this live, um, and that's 3:33 for the whole entire program. You get access to it for life, and then uh, next week it'll go up to 5:55. So if you want to save some moolah, get in on it now. And if you do register in that pre-sale price, you also get access to camp for free. So amazing deal. Come and join us! I'm really, really excited. Like I said, this is one program that I've never done live before, and we're gonna do it totally different and just really be able to give you a, a safe space to practice. Uh, and also, my biggest thing from it too is showing you that preparation for interviews can be easy. Uh, doesn't mean it's always gonna be the most fun, but that we can we can have fun doing it, and that there is a sense of ease that comes along with it if we're preparing strategically. So really excited about that Uh, feel free again email me hello at the overnight trainer.com or DM me on LinkedIn I can send you all the information about either one of those Um, but I'm excited for you to join us for camp or AC interview or if you register for AC interview this week you get access to camp for free so Uh, which is awesome because uh AC interview is going to start on July 5th and it ends the week before like that Friday before camp starts so you'll actually get a kind of extra extra bonus bonus week of time together all right my friends let's dive into today's episode. So I want to kind of go high level. A lot of these things I'm talking about today are things that we're going to go over inside of Ace the Interview Live. Uh, Of course, like I mentioned before, at a much deeper level than we are going today. But I want to kind of give you all some some high tip pointers in how to ace your next L&D interview. And it's really important that What I want to start with is to not over-prepare. And I have a whole podcast episode. I don't remember the number of it, but y'all can search for it. But I have a whole podcast episode around not over-preparing for interviews. And I I will say this definitively, that over-preparing for interviews is a kiss of death. Because what happens is I see people over-prepare. They spend hours and hours and hours, sometimes 10, 20, 30 hours studying studying like it's the bar exam for an interview, a 15 minute interview with a recruiter, and practicing and memorizing uh, particular lines or answers to questions they might get asked. And then what happens is on the interview, you don't get asked that one particular question that you've been preparing for months to answer, and you get completely kind of thrown off, and then, Everything's kind of gone to the wayside, and people are like, "Well, I prepared. I prepared. How come I didn't show up? Or you know, how come I couldn't answer questions? It's because you over-prepared. So I want to kick off by saying that in order for you to really ace your next L and D interview, you have to cut out the over preparation. Like I said, I have a whole podcast episode on that. We're going to talk about that inside of Ace the Interview Live too. Of like, how do we know we're over preparing? You know, first of all, uh, but we'll, we'll look into that and make sure that doesn't happen. And we set some boundaries and parameters for ourselves, uh, you know when when it, when is enough enough and so i really want to start off by talking about that today if you're looking to ace your next lnd interview you have to stop the over preparation and you have to and over preparation comes from that imposter moments that we have that oh maybe i didn't learn like know this enough or you know i'm not skilled enough in this or i don't have this experience so we feel we have to just like dive into over preparation and what happens is then we can't even explain the experience we have and how it's transferable so first and foremost don't over prepare The second thing is, is I think it's so important and like so many like public speakers and people who, you know, do that for a living, anyone who shows up to facilitate, right, they always have a fire playlist. Uh, I know for me, whenever I speak at conferences, like I put on my big ass headphones and I blast. Actually, I have a on Spotify if you look up uh, the overnight trainer. Or it's under me, Sarah Kendzior. One of the two. Uh, you can find the uh, pre-interview pump-up playlist that I have, um, and so getting that and and playing something that's going to to uplift you, so that way you're you're showing up for your interviews you know, with with this kind of like swag, right? The swagger that you have, and so. I want you to, part of your preparation is going to be to prepare, or or you can swag mine, but you can, is prepare a playlist that's going to get you excited, right, and kind of get you into that, into that power moment. So those are the two things in terms of like preparation I want you to think about. Creating a playlist, kind of a fire playlist going, and that's fun to make uh, and fun to listen to, and then don't over-prepare. So as we start to move into kind of the interview process and what do we prepare and what we don't. We're gonna spend a lot of time on this particular thing I'm talking about right about to talk about right now inside of AC Interview Live, but is to have what what's called interview stories. And again, what like old school, I used to teach this old school way too, but like what old school ways of preparing for interviews was, was to kind of go look at every single job description you're interviewing for, go line by line by line by line. Think about an example, use the stupid star method, which I hate in all honesty. Um, I think it's just too it's, it's become so calculated. Like I understand how people utilize it, but... There's there's so much more to telling a story than than that than the star method or the Carl method. I'm just I'm not I am personally not a fan of those. I'm a fan of being able to explain what you did, how you did it, and the impact it had. I think some other methods complicate things a little bit more. But I digress. I'm on I'm jumping off the soapbox right now. (laughs) Back onto the floor. But is to have is to have what, what's called interview stories. And rather than going line by line by line and, and thinking about for every single job I'm interviewing for, so maybe it's 10 jobs over the course of however many times, or 20 or 30, however many, right? Going line by line and coming up with an example of each one and then trying to, of course, memorize it. And when you can't memorize it, then you're like, oh my gosh, like I, you know, I bombed that interview. Having three to five core stories. I like, to, I like to encourage my clients to think about the moments they're most proud of in their career. That align with what it is they want to do do next, and having these these uh, let's call it three these three main stories that encompass all different parts of and all different skills that you bring to the table. So, for example, one of your stories might be you know a time where you implemented a new technology inside a you know inside of your organization or your institution whatever it may be. So maybe you were you implemented it yourself or you were part of a team who implemented it and you're really proud of the work that you did in there. So you have now this this overarching story of the 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 technology implementation. So if we drill into that and we think, okay, well, how did that happen, right? How did I, like, how did I actually make that happen? Well, I was part of beta testing it and piloting it. I was responsible for helping get feedback and make changes based on that. I did train the trainer with other, you know, educators or other, you know, people inside the organization. I trained them on it so they could go out there and train, you know, other people to utilize the system. I created videos, the training videos for this. I hosted a live informational sessions about it, right? So now you can start to break down all the different pieces that made that successful and you can start to attach all like those different skill sets that you have. So that way when someone asks you a question around like, tell me about a time where you had to you know train someone else on a piece of technology or you know you had to create um, an implementation plan or tell me about a time where you had to you know make changes based on feedback you don't have all these different stories running around in your head of like oh this one time I did that and that this over here it's all encompassed and you can just pull from this one story. And so I encourage people to have, you know, at least at least three stories that you can you can pull from and things that you're most proud of. But first of all, I I say that most proud of part because it's incredibly, incredibly important that the 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 more proud you are something, the more core memories it unlocks, right? And the more you're gonna be able to remember those details of it and you want to also continue to do work that you're proud of. So if this story aligns with what you're proud of and that aligns with what the people who are interviewing you are looking for, that's a really good match, right? So keeping that in mind too. But what you can see here is that you don't have to now prepare every single time for an interview and go through a specific line by line by line and say, oh, okay, I need an example of that, I need an example of that, I need an example of that. When you have these three core stories, you're able to now pull on individual examples inside the story to answer questions. So having those stories, and I'm gonna teach you inside of AC and l Interview Live, I'm gonna teach you how we structure these stories. How do you pull these stories? How do you create these stories? How do you remember these stories, right? So we're gonna focus on that, but thinking about even now, like what are the moments you're most proud of in your career that align with what you wanna do next? And do you know the whole story of that? What skills did you utilize to make that happen? What was the impact of that too? So, keeping that in mind. The other thing to think about when it comes to acing your next LD interview is your elevator pitch. And again, inside Ace the Interview Live, I'm gonna wanna keep saying this, but we're gonna, there's a whole section and you're gonna have an opportunity to practice your elevator pitch with your peers and with me. Uh, but the biggest mistake that I see when people are giving their elevator pitch is that they, there's two things. One is that people, tend to use we statements over I statements in their elevator pitch. So, you know, they'll go through and they'll say, yeah, and so I worked on this l team and we were responsible for doing X, Y, and Z. And, you know, we rolled out this new technology implementation. And it's so much about the we that the person who's listening to your elevator pitch does not hear what your involvement was in it. Now, it doesn't mean you have to own every single thing, like, oh, I was the sole person responsible for technology implementation. It's not like that, right? But when you're giving your elevator pitch, it's really, really important that you're utilizing those those I statements. And you can mention, yeah, as a team, we launched this, we implemented this process. Here's my role in it, right? And and I was responsible for. So making sure that, you know, if you are, you want to listen back to your, your elevator pitch, and count how many times am I saying we, or how many times am I saying I, and I have those have those ownership statements because your elevator pitch isn't pitching your company or your team; it's pitching you. So, how many times are you using those I statements? The other thing in your in your elevator pitch, as well as when you're just interviewing in general, is knowing your what I like to call your imposter points. So, you know, I don't really, let, um, my friend Lisa who I had in the podcast uh, a while ago, she talks about this and, and I, I I learned this from her and I love it that I don't really believe in imposter syndrome, right? That's really aggressive, like a syndrome that means like we're struck with something, there's no cure for it. But we do have imposter moments and we do have like imposter, there might be imposter points when we think about or gaps necessarily on our on our work experience and i was overhearing actually someone interviewing the other day and what i kept hearing this person say was yeah and so we kind of did this and uh you know so like we were sort of able to do this and it wasn't it was wasn't conscious it was all subconscious and i knew because i know that person i knew that those were every time that they were talking about or utilizing those words, it was around things they had an imposter moment of. Uh, Same thing, this person has an imposter imposter point or imposter moment around uh, not having been at organizations long enough due to, you know, moving and, you know, promotions at another company or getting poached, those type of things. And so I was listening to them interview and one of the things they kept doing was drawing Drawing attention to having only been at a place, so like saying something like, "and even though I was only there for one year, and then continuing on." And what happens is, is that remembering when you're interviewing, they've already seen your resume, so they already they're either a going to ask about that if it's important to them, or b they don't care because they already saw your resume enough to want to interview you. So it's obviously not a huge problem to them. If it was too big of a problem, they wouldn't be interviewing you, and so. What happens is we have these imposter, imposter sores, right? That kind of sounds disgusting, but you know what I mean here? Like there's like imposter sore spots on our, on our career that when speaking about them, it's really, really important for us. I don't want you to like over-index on the confidence there, but to recognize where are those moments I feel less confident, whether it's in my elevator pitch or in my interview stories, whatever that is. And what are the things I'm drawing attention to that I don't need to, right? So saying something along the lines of, even though I was only there for one year, like they may not have been thinking about that, but now you brought it to their attention and, oh, I guess he was still in there for one year. I didn't even think about it, right? So getting really clear on that. Um, but thinking about the language that you're using, kind of, sort of, again, going back to the we statements. And so I really want you to get clear what is your elevator pitch and in your stories, knowing what those imposter sore, sore spots are that subconsciously, when you speak about them in interviews, may come out and shine a light on those moments. And we don't want to shine a light on those. So something to keep keep in mind as you are preparing your elevator pitch and your stories. So the other thing to think about in terms of like acing your next interview, your next L and D interview, and I'm actually going to go into a little bit further depth in next week's podcast about this. Otherwise, this podcast would literally be like a three hour long podcast. Um, but is to ask the right questions to the right people. So I think what happens for a lot of people too is when they go into an interview, they kind of just have like a say like or into the interview process, right? You get your first call and say hey we want to schedule a recruiter screening and most people just kind of create well probably randomly but create questions and they ask the same questions to to everyone uh, that they're interviewing with so the recruiter or to the hiring manager to the you know the team to possibly someone in the sweet suite, suite or your man your manager's manager right or to the panel and they're asking the same you're asking the same questions over and over again And what you want to do is you want to be much more intentional about asking the right questions to the right people. So for example, for the recruiter, because they're not someone who is intimately familiar with this role, unless you're applying for a recruiter role, right? They're, they're going off the job description, they're going off of conversations, maybe one or two conversations they've had with the hiring manager, maybe, maybe. Um, so they don't know this role intimately. So if you're asking the recruiter intimate details about the, the specifics of the job responsibilities, you're not gonna get high quality answers or answers at all, right? So when we're thinking about the recruiter, It's what do I need to know out of this process to feel comfortable in moving on with this role? And part of that goes to remembering that you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. And so when we think about that recruiter interview, in that first interview, you're going to want to understand more around the company culture, what it looks like to, you know, to be a part of the team, uh, what is the overall team, like the organizational structure, what does you know the hours look like, you know, company-wide flexibility, like those type of things that are more, more generalized company uh, things, for lack of a better word, right, that those are going to be the type of questions that you'll be able to answer. I always say this, I did a post on this a couple weeks ago, that you never want to leave that first interview with the recruiter about, without knowing what the expected salary is of that role, as well as what the next steps are in the process or the total steps for the interview process. Um, I have a post on LinkedIn where I talked about this and in Ace the Interview Live, we're going to practice this, uh, making sure that we, we are confident in asking those questions too. But so... That that those type of questions are important versus when you're talking to your hiring manager, right? That's someone who obviously knows this role really intimately, and so that's where you'll be able to dive deeper into overall expectations. What does success look like in ninety days to a year? Um, what what role what what, you know, what hole is not the whole but like, what is this role going to fill that you is know, isn't filled already inside of the, inside of the team? You know, what are you, what are your personal expectations for this role? So like those, those questions, again, if you were to ask those questions to the recruiter, you're not going to get those answers. And if you were just about just asking the hiring manager about the culture and, you know, values, that's great. Uh, but you're not getting the questions that you need to, again, make sure that you feel comfortable moving on to the next role next round Um, so keeping that in mind as you go through the interview process meeting with recruiters meeting with hiring managers the hiring managers manager people on the team other department heads right every single person that you meet there's gonna be a different set of questions depending on who you're talking to and how this role is going to work with them so we're gonna cover that in entirety in ACLD interview live and go through each one of those people and I'll give you a set of prepared questions to ask, and you of course you can tweak them, but that makes sure that you have a full understanding of what the expectations are from each person that you're talking to. So we want to make sure you're asking the right questions to the right people because if you're not asking the right questions, it's also hard for you then to continue to sell yourself. That's what an interview is. So if you're just asking the hiring manager about just overall company values and overall company culture, that's great, right? But if you're not finding out the specifics of the role and what what areas of opportunity the team has that role is going to fill, it's then very hard for you then to to take that information that they sent to you or that they gave to you in your the answer of your question and either repeat back to them how you are able to fill that and give them examples. And or utilize that inside of a thank you note, right? If it's just like, oh, I want to champion the culture. It's like, okay, great. So that's everyone else, right? Like that's the reality. But getting those specifics. So we're going to talk about that a lot, uh, making sure we're asking the right questions to the right people. Um, One thing also is to – there's a lot of talk out there around portfolios and – there's a big difference between portfolios and having work samples handy i do believe i do not believe that everyone needs a portfolio you know you don't need a website you don't need like i had um, i was on tom mcdowell's podcast a while ago and he was talking about you know the last person he hired had a, a basically a google doc with three links to work samples and he's like this is the work samples i'm looking for like i'm not hiring a web designer i don't need a website um not saying it's a bad thing necessarily, but I think a lot of people put a lot of emphasis into creating a portfolio, and they really need to just have some work samples handy. So. I think it's important part that as you go into the interview process, that you do have work samples handy that you can share. Uh, if asked, or sometimes if not asked too, right? You can sometimes self-prompt self and self saying, hey, based on the conversation that we had today, I know you're looking for someone, you know, who can create or, you know, who can implement technology across the organization. Here's a sample of my implementation plan from when I did that my last company. Or here's a snippet of a video that I created that, show, that showcases that, right? So having those work samples handy for things like that are going to be really, really important. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a portfolio. So I want to make sure that's clear. But as part of the interview process, having something tangible to, again, share whether it's in the interview itself of like, hey, let me pull this up real quick or sending it to them in a thank you email or a follow-up email Uh Can sometimes be what 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 differentiates you from someone else so having those work samples handy are going to be really really important um, especially too if you're in more of the design and the development side of things um, that's important i've also had people who are you know on the facilitation side of things who have sent you know videos of them facilitating so they could see you know what their what, what their style is so just keeping that in mind of as you go into the, the interview process, whether you're there already or kind of just just thinking about it and kind of moving into your career transition, what work samples do I have, or can I start working on creating? So I think a lot of people too is all, all of a sudden they get to the interview phase and they're like, oh shit, I don't have a work sample that I can share, or you know maybe it might have been proprietary that you're not allowed to you know to utilize, and so they they're trying to like recreate it, which is totally fine, uh, but under a lot of pressure of like sending it in a thank you. So I think it's important that whether you have an interview coming up or not, start to think about what type of work I want to do in my next role and what samples or examples do I have of that that I could have handy. It doesn't have to be 10 different things, right? It could be two or three different samples that you have. But what do I have in my back pocket that I could A, like maybe tweak for the role um, if needed to or that just showcases what my skills and capabilities are in relation to this role. And again, it goes back to making sure you ask the right questions to know, hey, which Work sample will be best to send, or do I send them all? So there's that piece of it. The last thing, not the last thing, but second to last thing really is being prepared for a project. So part uh, a, a lot of times in the learning and development space, depending on what type of role you're you're interviewing for. So of course there's roles that are more design and development heavy, where they might just want to see work samples or have you do a quick little. Uh, a quick project. Uh, there's times where they want to see your facilitation style or they give you a certain prompt because they want to see your strategic thinking. So uh, be prepared for it. I personally don't like love this technique inside of, I understand why, right? You want to be able to see someone's skills and capabilities. capabilities. Um, I personally believe and I'm like I am a firm believer that if someone is doing a project uh, for you for an interview that you should compensate them for it and be compensated. I actually the last job that I ever applied to before I started the overnight trainer, I always say like, Thank heavens I didn't get that job because it's so pushed me to start this, but um they paid me for my time. I had to create a full presentation, a 45-minute presentation. I had to, you know, full of activities. I had to present it. I had to facilitate it um, to a, a panel. And they paid me an hourly rate for my time to do that. And so I think that to me was such a, an eye-opener of that there, A, there are companies out there that do that, and B, if you are listening to this and you're in a hiring position um, or when you become a hiring manager, thinking about that that side of it even if it's like hey here's an amazon gift card for your time right like it doesn't have it doesn't can't always be that we're gonna pay someone you know a couple hundred dollars an hour but you know co- uh, compensating people for their time even if you don't hire them right that's the important part there so i digress from that soapbox let me hop off real quick uh but being prepared for some sort of project now two things that i think are the most important we're gonna dive into like what a project would look like and some samples inside of a reality interview live but Two things, follow their directions. Nine times out of 10, when I'm working with clients on their projects for their their interviews, they go completely out on like a tangent and don't even follow like the prompt or follow the directions and they get so caught up in like making it unique that they're not creating good learning, that they're they're going kind of off on a completely different tangent. So I think it's really, really important to look at their directions and follow their directions first and foremost. Of course, you can add your secret sauce. You can, you know, I, I always like to think about, you know, how can we enhance their directions, right? So I follow their directions and now what's an enhancement? So for example, for me, anytime I go, and I have a client who needs to make do a presentation, I always encourage them to create some sort of survey ahead of time to understand where people are at what, in, in that process, uh, or a certain question, or maybe it's a question about like their confidence, whatever it may be, again, every single, every single um, presentation will be different based on the prompt, and I'll go through some examples next uh, in, in AC Interview Live, but setting up that survey so that way you're able to cater it more towards them, that's important. I think also to be able to create a handout where something has to, someone has like to leave and like leaves a little lasting memory, right? So those things can also, can always be added, but it's really, really important to make sure you follow the directions. I know that sounds so simple, but I'm telling you, nine times out of 10, my clients just go like off the freaking deep end and I'm like, you're not even solving the problem they're asking you to solve. Like if I'm hiring someone to, you know, create something specific and they're not following the directions, that tells me you can't follow directions. So you want to make sure you're following the directions. The other thing is, is that I, it's one of my biggest interviewing pet peeves is when you do have to do some sort of presentation and the person who's presenting is treating the audience like they're freaking fourth graders. And that always bothers me so much because I truly believe that as you go into the interview process, speak to them as if they are adults and speak to where their knowledge is now. Because I what I want to happen, if I'm interviewing for or if I'm if I'm interviewing someone for a role and they are doing a presentation, I want to walk away with a new piece of knowledge personally. I want to have been trained in something. I want to have learned something from your presentation. And that's a huge difference for people because now i can walk away and i can how it's not just oh wow they're a great presenter or, wow they're a really great designer but wow i learned something now now i have a behavior change inside of me and i want them to do that for my organization so in my notes here i wrote don't treat them like babies who know nothing <laughs> i mean that's the reality I, I i see it too and i've been on that side of like of interviewing people and you know they're giving a presentation about you know making a sandwich which is fine um especially especially if you're given like an opportunity to, to do your own like to do your own topic like that's fine but I don't need to know like this is bread this is meat this is cheese like uh, 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 yeah we got there right but teach me how to make like a sandwich from your hometown that no one's ever heard before uh right like you can go like you can be more specific about it or like how do you know like, you know, what, what's the right cut of meat or, oh, you know, at the deli, you can get it sliced one through seven, like, you know, three is going to make you the best sandwich, right? So like, now when I go to the grocery store and I buy deli meat, I'm going to think of you, you know, because of that. So thinking about those, those nuances, we're not treating people like they're babies or children talking to them that way, right? Like we want to say, where are people at? where they currently are even if it's something silly like making a sandwich and how can I expand their knowledge and their their expertise in something so very 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 important all right the last thing I want to talk about in terms of a senior L&D interview is confidence and it's the first the middle the last all the things because confidence speaks volumes and it's not just about like toxic positivity in yourself into having confidence like I truly believe that confidence comes from a very peaceful clarity inside of you. And the clearer you are on what it is you want out of your next role, the clearer you are on what it would look like and what you need to hear to feel comfortable and excited about moving on in this next role. When you start to think about that, what I mentioned earlier that you are interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you, sometimes you're interviewing them more. I had a client who just went on an interview and basically the person was like, Okay, before before you sell me, like I just wanna sell you. Like, okay, (laughs) like, all right, let's go. Like, you know, jump me in the driver's seat, baby. So there, there are so many organizations who are equally as excited about you as you are about them. And yes, they have other candidates, but so what? Like, so you there's other opportunities out there for you too. So it's getting in that mindset and having that clarity. And one of the things I encourage my clients to, to think about as they go into each individual interview is how would I show up if I knew my success was guaranteed? So if I knew that I went into this interview today and that, I was going to be moved on to the next round, how would I show up, right? What like, what would that look like? And start to embody that. And the more that you start to embody that, right, then the more confident you are and the more success you have and the more confidence you build, right, and the more clarity you get because you're asking the right questions. And so it's a really beautiful, like, symbiotic relationship that clarity and confidence have. And when we start to have that clarity, we're able to act and behave and think in different ways that reflect how we show up in interviews. So, a lot to think about in terms of acing your next interview. Like I mentioned in next week's episode, we're gonna talk about that that question piece a little bit more um, inside of the Ace Your Led Interview Live. I'm, like I said, I'm gonna give you um, a list of questions to ask each person along the way, and that again, you can tweak those. So you'll get that. But next week, we're gonna really talk about kind of the goal of each of each interview and kind of get you start starting to think about what does that mean in terms of the questions that I ask. So super excited for that episode and I'll catch you back here next week again Uh, L&D Career Summer Camp price is going up next week so if you're interested in that please feel free to message me on LinkedIn or shoot me an email Uh, and if you're interested in if you're you're interested in joining Ace the L&D Interview Live it is on presale through the end of this week so until June 30th for $333 Um, if you register by the end of this week as well you'll also get camp for free so uh, a great great deal the price will go up to $555 there also are payment plans available so super pumped any questions you have please feel free to reach out to me and I will catch you all back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the l Career Club podcast. If today's episode sparked anything inside you, I would love to hear about it. Feel free to share your ahas and takeaways by sending me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram or by leaving a podcast review. And if you want more support on your LD career journey, I invite you to join us inside the L&D Career Club membership, where we are redefining what it looks like to grow in your LD career. Visit theovernighttrainer.com slash programs for more information and to activate your membership. See y'all back here next week.